Today's daf is sponsored by Baruch Gold, in memory of his mother, Chana Bas Aron Alevi, and we hope that in the merit of our Tahamotor, your mother's neshama has an aliyah. All right, Tavosai. So today's daf is Kuf Yotes, and we will begin on Kuf Yotes. Good. It's helpful. So set, says the Yimara. So if you remember, again, we actually left off yesterday. We actually left off yesterday with... Uh, in the middle of a pasuk, Otik. So it's a kufiotes. It's the second. It's the last word on the second line. Otik. What's the meaning of this phrase? We'll say the Gemara was quoting from a pasuk in Yeshayahu. What does it mean that he who goes ahead and literally covers that which is old? This refers to a person who continues to go ahead and literally kisa means cover over. Those old, the things of older days. What does this refer to? Sisrei Torah, the hidden sections of the Torah. I mean, again, there's an interesting idea. I'm not really going to get too much into it right now, but there are certain parts of the Torah that are not meant to be expounded. Because, again, of, di- of deeper esoteric meaning, of because you're not easily understood, and perhaps more importantly, because they can be so easily misunderstood. So if you look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam says Sisrei Torah, and the Rashbam writes, the Rashbam writes, he says, Sisrei Torah, Ma'aseh HaMerkava. So this refers to Ma'aseh HaMerkava, which again is the, is, the, um, is the episode that's described in Yechezkel, where ultimately, again, it's working, it's good, thank you, where ultimately, again, we have this episode of the Chariot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is a very esoteric, a very esoteric episode, Um Ma'aseh Ma'aseh is the creation account. And even in the creation story, the truth is, the story is not as simple as it seems. So the Navi, the Navi praises those who go ahead and choose to keep those things that have been hidden throughout the ages to remain hidden. Others say, Others say, no, that the Navi is praising the person who reveals things that were hidden in past days. What does this refer to? This refers to revealing the deeper hidden reasons of of the Torah. Amar Rav Kahana Mishum Rabbi Mishum Rabbi Yishmael Rabbi Yosi. So Rav Kahana said, "Name Rabbi Yishmael Rabbi Yosi." My dechsev. What's the meaning of the pasuk? I'll say again. More beautiful Gemara today. Lam Natsayach Mizmor LeDavid. So I'll say again. Lam Natsayach literally translated means to the conductor a song of David. Understand, David HaMelech wrote a very important Levium. You should have to pay good attention to this. David HaMelech wrote Sefer Tehillim for, to be, to, as, as music. Sefer Tehillim is music. And he actually wrote it for the Levium to sing Shira. Not only that, but David HaMelech actually says in mostly Kapitlach, what tunes to use and what instruments to use. It's absolutely amazing. So Laminatseach means to the conductor of the Levitic choir. That spot is still open. That spot is still open. So, I'm actually accepting applications here. So, all right. So, means more than David. So, so to the conductor. So, but here the Gemara has a beautiful different drasha about this. The Gemara says, "What does it mean, Lamnatzeach? Zamru lemishenotzchin also v'sameach." Literally, sing to the one who you can defeat him, and yet he's still happy. The hymn over here, I both say, Zeribon Shalom. What does this mean? See how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so different than mortal man. How so? See, he says, You know, when it comes to flesh and blood, if flesh and blood is locked in a conflict with someone and they lose, if I'm locked in a conflict and I lose, I'm sad. I'm sad that I lost. But God, when, when, when we defeat HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
God is very happy. Here the Gemara quotes the Pazik from Tehillim, that HaKadosh Baruch was ready to destroy the Jewish Well, this is in the aftermath of the sin of the golden calf. God was ready to destroy them were it not, were it not that Moshe Rabbeinu stood in the breach before God. So what is David HaMelech extolling over here? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu was ready to go ahead and destroy Klal Yisrael and Moshe Rabbeinu stopped him. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so happy that he, so to speak, lost the battle. So therefore the Gemara Darsh says, Lam Natseach Mizmor David. So David HaMelech sang to the one, Lam Natseach, who had no problem being defeated. God loves nothing more than when we overcome him. What's the meaning of the Pasuk? Again, another beautiful Gemara. So I'll say here, the Gemara is quoting from the Pasuk from Yecheskel. Interestingly enough, this is actually my Semer Kava. This is actually part of the episode of the chariot that the Gemara said we don't study before. So, so the, the, the Navi says that literally these Kruvim, there are different levels of angels in the celestial sphere, and Kruvim apparently are the ones that are closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Navi describes this vision of the Kruvim, and for the Kruvim, the hands of man, were literally means the hands of man, were coming out from underneath their wings. So the Kruvim have wings, and apparently, again, there were hands coming out of the wings, so, or beneath the wings. So the, so the Gemara says, Yodoksiv, Interestingly enough, even though we read it yiday, hands plural, it's actually it's actually written yado singular. So whose hand does it refer to? Listen to how beautiful this is. Ze yado This refers to the hands of God. There, the hand of God. Sheprusa tachas kanfe hachayos this refers to the hands of God that extend beneath the wings of the chayos in order to go ahead and receive bali and save them from the strict attribute of justice. So it's so absolutely beautiful. So apparently, again, Midas Hadin wants to seize people. The strict attribute of justice wants to judge people for their crimes. And but yet, the hand of Akadish Baruch who reaches down from his throne beneath the wings of the chaos to go ahead and grab onto any person who's really a true Baal and save them ultimately from the Midas Hadin. Absolutely amazing. So Bosai, you see the same motif over here. Lam Natseach Mizmor Ledavid. Bosai, remember this because when you say Tehillim, it's such a profound yisod. Who is David Amalek singing to? Lam Natseach. To the one who has no problem being defeated. When defeat in that case means what? Salvation for the Jewish people. The hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu extend down beneath the wings of the Chayos. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to save us whenever possible. All we need to do is work a little bit to get in the right direction. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there to swoop, to sweep, to swoop, to sweep. To grab us, right? Akadish Baruch Hu is there ultimately just to grab us up and to save us from justice. Amrav Yehuda Meshmuel. Kol Kesef V'zav Sheba Olam Yosef Likto. I will say, good, this is good Agadita for the upcoming Parshios as well. So Rav Yehuda Sene Meshmuel. All the gold and silver in the world, Yosef collected it. And he brought it to Egypt. So I will say, he's obviously referring to when Yosef is Viceroy in Egypt. Remember, there's massive famine. During the course of that famine, he was able to accumulate pretty much the world's wealth in Egypt. What happens? Shenemar, because the Pasuk says, 
Vayilakit Yosef as kolakesef hanimtza. Yosef collected all of the money that was found, all of the wealth that was found. Ainly elusheretz mitzrayim. So I only know that Yosef collected all of the wealth in Egypt. Shebeeretz kinan shebishar aratzos minayin. How do we know that Yosef also collected the wealth that was in Kinan and the wealth that was in all of the other lands as well? Talmud Lomar the chala aretz ba'u mitzrayma, because the pasuk says and the entire land. Came to Egypt. And I will say, when it says the entire land, so what at least what it means is the entire area around Egypt, all of civilization around Egypt. The Gemara wants to suggest that it could even been could have even been a greater famine that would have caused even far-flung places to come to Egypt. But the point is, how did Yosef go out and sell them wheat? They gave up their wealth. So as a result of the famine in Egypt, Egypt be Egypt housed the wealth of the world or, or some good part of civilization. Listen to this. When the Jewish people left Egypt, they took the wealth with them. I will say it's astonishing. We know that the Jewish people left wealthy, but now we have an idea as to how wealthy. Because the Pasuk says, they emptied, Yinatslu means empty, they emptied Egypt. Ravasi said, they made it like a Mitsuda is like a trap, Rabosai, that has no wheat. I guess if you wanted to trap animals, you'd put a little grain in it to trap the animal. So they made it like a trap that had no wheat. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Omer, Kimitsula Shein Badogim. No, not Mitsuda Shein Badogan, but Mitsula. Mitsula means a net, like a net that has no fish, right? Meaning totally empty. And this wealth resided with the Jewish people until Rechavim. Rechavim was the son of Shlomo HaMelech. And it was during Rechavim's days, remember, where there was a split in the kingdom of Israel. That's when, that's when the kingdom of Yisrael and Yehuda split. So what happens? It stayed with Rechavim. Ba-Shishak. Shishak Melech Mitzrayim. So Shishak, who was the king of Egypt, came along. The Natlomei Rechavim. Shishak, so Egypt comes back and Egypt essentially empties the coffers of the Jewish people, takes all the wealth back. So Shishak comes up and he empties out the treasuries of the Beis HaMikdash and the treasuries of the king. So what happens? Zerach, the king of Kush, comes along and takes all the wealth from Shishak. Ba Asa Vinatluho Mizarach. Asa, both say who's Asa? Asa is the grandson of Rechavim. The grandson of Rechavim. So the great grandson of Shlamelech, great great grandson of Dalinamelech, comes back and what happens? Takes it from Zarach, the king of Kush. Well, listen to this, but he didn't keep it. The Shigra Lahadrimon ben Tavrimon. And he sent the wealth over to Adrimon, the son of Tavrimon. Now, who is that, Rabos? I take a look at the Rashbam here for just a moment. The Rashbam writes, Vishigro Hadrimon. It's like in the fourth wide line in the Rashbam on the bottom. Melech Aram. Hadrimon ben Tavrimon was the king of Aram. Why did he send the wealth to Aram? To Aram? La'azor lo al-basha Melech Yisrael. Because Rabos, at this point in time, there was a major war between Asa, between essentially the kingdom of Yehuda and the kingdom of Yisrael. And in an episode that never, that never goes well, the kingdom of Yehuda reached out to outside help, to help fight against their brothers, to help fight against Israel, and he enlisted the help of Melech Aram. So he took all of this wealth, and essentially he bought the services of the king of Aram. What happened? What happened? 
So the Amon came along and took the wealth from Hadrimon ben Tavrimon. Shafat. Once again, now we have another Melech, another Jewish king. So Yehoshaphat came along. And he took it from Amon. And it remained with the Jewish people until the reign of Achaz. King Achaz, another Jewish king. Sanchirif came along and took it from Achaz. Who we know again was a great tzaddik. Could have been the Mashiach, the Gemara says. Chizkiah HaMelech comes along and he takes the wealth back from Sanchirev. And the wealth remained with the Jewish people until King Tzidkiah, Bo Kastim, the Chaldeans came along. And they took it from Tzidkiah, Bo Parsim, the Persians came along. And they took it from the Kasdim. The Greeks came along. In the world of the world empires, the way this worked is the way this worked is you had the Kasdim, the Chaldeans. Chaldeans are swallowed up by Persia. Persia is swallowed up by Greece. And Greece ultimately is swallowed up by Rome. So when it says they came and they took it, it's not just that they took the wealth, they, they literally swallowed up these empires. So what happens? The Greeks came and took it from the Persians. And the Romans came and took it from the Greeks. And if you want to know, if you want to know where still all of that original wealth is, it still resides in Rome. Okay, in the yeah, whatever, wherever it is, wherever it is, right? It resides. It resides in Rome. Om Rabbi Chana Bar Chanina. Rabbi Chana Bar Chanina says Shalosh Matmonios hit min Yosef in Mitzrayim. Actually, so now still talking about this wealth, Yosef, this massive wealth that Yosef amassed, he hid it in in almost like three different stockpiles in Egypt. Achos niskala lekorach. One stockpile of wealth was was revealed to Korach. We'll say that's why we know Korach was exceptionally. The Jews all left with wealth, but we'll see in just a little bit. Korach left with exceptional wealth. So the Gemara attributes that exceptional wealth to the fact that he found some of the hidden wealth of Yosef. You know, when I say I don't mean it's not like some of the hidden wealth of Yosef. Fine. Fa'achos niskala laAntoninos ben Asaviros. So we'll say one of the pockets of wealth, one of the stockpiles, was revealed to Antoninus ben Asvirus. So this is this is Antonius Severus, who is one of the one of the one of the Roman Caesars. So and again, remember we learn a lot about Antoninus. Antoninus had a very close relationship with some of the greatest rabbanim of the time. Very interesting figure. And one stockpile of wealth is still hidden, and will only be revealed in the Messianic era, and it'll be given to the tzaddikim in the future. So what happens? Because the pasuk says, "Osher shamor lebaalav l'raaso." So we'll say the Gemara here quotes the pasuk from Koheles that literally translated it means that there is wealth that is stored away for its owner that has a negative effect l'raaso for the detriment of the person. Who does that refer to? Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish zu ashro shel Korach. This refers to the wealth of Korach, meaning that the wealth of Korach was his very undoing. When the Pasa talks about the fact that what happened to Korach, so the Torah says that the earth opened up, swallowed them up, their homes, their tents. Now, literally what this means is 
Yakum sounds like standing, like hum, and all of the things that stood at their feet. So the way we normally just interpret this is that it means all of their possessions. But look what the Gemara says, Amr Belazar, Zemamono Shal Adam. Yakum Ashebaraglehem means their money. Why is their money called Yakum Ashebaraglehem? So the Gemara says, Shema'amido Araglav. Because a person's wealth enables or allows him to what? To stand on his feet. To stand on his feet. So interestingly enough, that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing. On one hand, your wealth could give you confidence to accomplish what you need to accomplish. On the other hand, it could also make one very arrogant and think that they could stand too tall, which is exactly what happened to Korach. Some Rab Levi, so I'll say the Gemara just describes Korach's wealth. Um, Rab Levi, Masui Shlosh Meos Pradim Levanos, Hayu Maftechos Shal Beis Korach. Korach needed 300 white mules. I guess white mules were also considered to be stronger mules. Needed 300 white mules to carry the keys to his treasure houses. And let's say, obviously, this is employing a little bit of, of, of hyperbole, right? But the point that Gemara is making over here, 300 mules just to carry the keys, right? Not to carry the wealth, just to carry the keys. And not only that, says the Gemara, Vakulu, Aklidi Uklifi Digalda. And all of these were locks and were keys made of, me- made of leather. So it's like, they used to make it out of hardened leather, and that was lighter. See, even though, again, they were light locks and light keys, they still needed 300 mules. The point is, Korach was fabulously wealthy. So they both said this is important for us for two reasons. Number one, because the Gemara attributes Korach's incredible wealth to the fact that he discovered one of the hidden pockets of wealth of Yosef. That's number one. And number two, the reason I the Gemara focuses on this is because wealth was the undoing of Korach. Wealth is an interesting thing. It could go one of two ways, which is, again, either it could, we also, we saw before, we saw before in the previous Kimara that ultimately wealth could be the greatest brach of Gemilas Chassel, and a person could do something positive with it, or God forbid, it could, ins- it could infuse a person with incredible arrogance. And when a person infuses incredible arrogance, there's no telling the type of destruction that they could ultimately create. Okay, Vaiter. Another, we'll say this I almost feel like we're not worthy to do this. This is Mamash, that's how good it is. All right, fine, we'll do it. So the Gemara is like this. Listen to this Gemara. And this, this is, if you are learning out of your own Gemara, I, I hope that you have all been underlining these Gemaras when necessary, or at least uh, folding over your pages, because don't, don't, don't lose these Gemaras, because what sometimes happens, when you learn is, you know, you see a beautiful Gemara, then what happens? Especially when you're doing Dafyomi. We move, uh, we move at a somewhat quick pace, and the truth is it gets lost in the sands of the sands of the Talmud. Don't m- make sure to somehow, to somehow keep a marking on these pages because this is going to forever change your halal. Amr Rabshul Literally translated, I give you thanks because you have afflicted me. Right? An amazing statement. It's a person, uh, per, the, the, the person saying, Old HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thank you for my difficulties, not because I'm, I'm a sadist, I, I don't like suffering, but because I recognize that I grow from my suffering. So who said that? Amar David. David HaMelech was the first one to say this. Old Kiani Sani, David HaMelech said. I both say we know all you need to do is look at Sefer Tillam, which essentially is a, a picture of David HaMelech's life. David HaMelech suffered terribly. And in every single way that you could possibly imagine, David Melch was rejected by his family as a child. 
He ultimately had problems in his marriage. He was he was betrayed by his balabatim, right? By by his by his constituents. He was betrayed by his own son. He suffered through sickness. The only thing David Amalek didn't have to contend with, really, the only thing he didn't have to worry about was Parnassa. And that's a function because being king comes with a pretty good package. So he never had to worry about that. But that was the only area in life where he did not suffer terribly. In every other situation, marriage, family, relationships, health, everything else he suffered terribly. So, but yet David Amalek was strong enough to say, Otcha, thank you that you afflicted me because I know that I've only become the person I am because of my difficulties. Evan Pina, literally the the stone that was despised by the builders became the cornerstone for the building. Who said this was going to blow you away? Amar Yishai. Yishai said this. Yishai, the father of David. Why did Yishai, the father of David, say this? We'll say, remember, when Shmuel HaNavi, Shmuel Navi is told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, go to the sons of Yishai and appoint a king from among the sons of Yishai. And what happens? Yishai lines up all of his sons who are strapping young men. They're valiant soldiers. They're generals in Shaul's army. And, and David Amel, excuse me, and Shmuel goes through each of them and God says, not this one, not this one, not this one, not this one. He gets to the end of the line and says, Yishai, do you have any more kids? And he knows. Yishai says, yeah, there's one more, but Yishai didn't even think, didn't even think to call in David from the field. He didn't, that's how, that's how little he thought of his son. Yeah, he is another one, but he's a shepherd. He's a shepherd. What do you want with him? Shmuel said, do me a favor, bring him in. And sure enough, we know the story ends. Little David, who everybody wrote off as an icevarf, that's Latin, right? That's an icevarf. You know, that, that, yeah, he's a nothing. He's a nothing. That, so Yishai says when he sees that David is, David is, David is picked, Evan Masuhabonim, this rock that was despised, and David Amalek was, he was despised, he was mistreated terribly by his father and by his brothers. Ultimately, ultimately, that rock that was despised has now become the cornerstone. This is clearly, because well, it can only come from God, Amru Echav, that his bro- David Amalek's brothers said, when he was selected as king, right? His, I don't know the, the I don't know the intonation. Right? This could only come from God, right? Or this could come from God, or Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Good luck with this one. Whatever they were saying is they recognized that the that the the, the choosing of their brother was from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. This is a day that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has made for great celebration. Amar Shmuel. Shmuel Hanavi said after selecting David HaMelech as king, because there's one thing that Shmuel also knew. He realized that when he selected David HaMelech as king, this was the beginning of a great, great dynasty. Anna Hashem Hoshiana, please, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, save me. Amru Echav, the brothers of David HaMelech said, Anna Hashem Hatzlichana. So ultimately what, what the brothers are saying is HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed David to save us. Allowed David to save us from our enemies. Ana Hashem Atzlichana, Chalish Baruch Hu, please make me successful. Amar David, David Amalek said it. Baruch Haba B'Shem Hashem, blessed is the one who comes in the name of Chalish Baruch Hu. Amar Yishai, Yishai said this. Like now also about his son, Beirach Nuchem, Beirach Nuchem Mi Beis Hashem. Ultimately, you will be blessed in the house of God. Amar Shmuel. El Hashem Vayoer Lanu. Excuse me, I should say, Kel Hashem Vayoer Lanu. So this is the, so literally, Akhilish Baruch Hu is our God, and He illuminates, He lights up our way. Omru Kulan, they all said together. Isru Chag Ba'avosim, Arkana Samizbeach. Literally, tie up the Chag. Chag means the carbon. 
with cords at the corner of the Mizbeach. If you take a look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam says, That's another way of saying, let's bring Karbanos to celebrate the fact that a new monarchy has just been initiated. Amr Shmuel, Shmuel said this, You are my God, and I will live a life that exalts you. Amar David. David HaMelech said that about being chosen as king. He says, Kodesh Baruch Hu, I will make sure that my monarchy is a credit to you. Elokai Arome Mecca, you are our God and we will exalt you. Amar Kulan. Everyone said it. So Rabosa is just absolutely amazing. So essentially, again, from Odecha, from Odecha, all the way through Baruch Haba is the conversation that took place between David, Yishai, his brothers, and Shmuel Hanavi on the day that he was selected as king. Only because I have to finish the daf are we going on. Tanan Hasam, Tanan Hasam. We learned over there, still talking about Halal. Makom Shenagu Lichpol, Amadez, Yichpol. So also, I saw my Halal over here. And there are different Minhagim in Halal. In some places, when they recited Halal, they would repeat certain verses. So, say, so, so the Rashbam actually points, Rashi actually points out over here, Lichpol, this is actually talking about Kola Halal. There are some places that actually used to repeat the entire Halal. Meaning, I say, the same way that we say, Odecha, that phrase twice. twice. There are some places that said multiple parts, sometimes even the entire part of the Halal twice. So if that's the minog, if that's the minog, then that's what you do. Lev shot, yiv shot. And if you only say it once, say it once. Levarich achar of yivarich. So I'm the bro- minog to make a bracha at the end of halal. Make a bracha. Hakol k'minog amadina. Essentially when it comes to halal, halal, sh- you should just follow the regular minog. Whatever the minog of your place is, that's how you should recite halal. Amr Abayi said, When we said you should follow the minog of the Medina, that's only talking about the bracha at the end of halal. When it comes to making a bracha before halal, mitzvah levarech. Everyone agrees that what? There is a mitzvah to make a bracha at the beginning of halal. How do we know that? Amr Abayi said, Because Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of said that when it comes to a general klal, all mitzvos, we make a bracha before the performance of the mitzvah. And I will say again, the truth is, it doesn't matter if that's a biblical mitzvah or a rabbinic mitzvah. Because remember, halal, halal, let's say during Rosh Chodesh, is a, is a rabbinic mitzvah. So whether it's rabbinic or biblical, we make brachos over la'asiyasan, prior to the performance of the mitzvah. So the Gemara just says as an aside, my mashma da'hai over loshon da'ak dumehu. Now I will say, understand just grammatically, if you wanted to make that statement, there's an easy way to make that statement. You could have said, Kola mitzvos, mevarchin alein, what word would, would you use? Kodem or lifne. Right? Kodem asiyasan, lifne. What do you mean over la asiyasan? So the Gemara says, how do you know that the word over itself means before? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why, because we, we, we have this, we use this in the context of psukim. So the Gemara says, Amar Nachman bar Yitzchok tichsiv vayoratz achi ma'atz derech hakikar Ahimaaz ran across the plain and he Ya'avor Esakushi. He passed before the Kushi. Well, so this is talking about over here where after Avshalom was killed, they wanted to deliver to David Amalek the news that Avshalom was killed. They <coughs> sent the Kushi and then Ahim was a messenger. And then Ahimaaz realized that what? It would be better for him to deliver this message himself and say he takes flight. He ultimately. So you see over here that what? That the Lashon of Over means the Lashon of going before. So therefore the Gemara says that's Lashon Over last Yosan. I will say you'll still you'll see, understand that Chazal often like to do so they taught multiple lessons in once. What they were doing is they were also reinforcing how to define a certain biblical word. 
Abaya Omer Hach, Abaya says from here, Vahu over Lifnehem, that he passed before them. Ultimately, talking about Yaakov Avinu's, Yaakov Avinu's encounter with Esav. So again, you see Lashon of over as a Lashon of going before. Ika da Amri, other Simihacha from here, Vayavor Malcolm Lifnehem, Vashem Barasham. Fine. I will say the point over here is what? That you see the Lashon of over is a Lashon of, a Lashon of passing before. Therefore, when Chazal say, Kalamitzos, Mevarchen Alein, over La Asiyasan, over means prior to the performance. So we'll say what the Gemara therefore is coming out over here is everyone agrees that you're making a that you are making a bracha before halal. The only suffix is not the only suffix, but the only variable is what? Are you making a bracha after halal? And what does that depend on? Depends on Minagamadina. So the Gemara goes weiter. Tanya. Rebbe Kofel Badvarim. Rebbe, when he recited halal, used to go ahead and repeat certain lines. He used to repeat certain lines. Look at the Rashbam. Kofel Badvarin, Ma'at Hayakofel. He wouldn't repeat the entire halal. Instead, what would he repeat? Mibarach Haba Ulemata. So I'll say, just what's also amazing about this is, you know, we take for granted, we take for granted this text of halal that we use. But it is nothing short than, than riveting to see the evolution of this. So here, who was the first one to repeat? Because if you look, Baruch Haba B'Shem Hashem, I'll say again, this is all, it's all Tehillim. So if you look in the capital of Tehillim, these, it's not, it's not the Pshat, the Davanavach didn't say these statements twice, he said it once. So Rebbe was the one who went ahead and began to repeat each of those statements. Rebbe Haya Kofel, Rebbe Kofel Badvarm, Rebbe would repeat certain parts of Halal, specifically from Baruch Haba B'Shem Hashem, till the end of that paragraph. Rebbe Elazim and Parta, I will say again, remember, why would you repeat things? So repeating things is a, is a demonstration of, of incredible endearment of it, right? You, it, it's so beautiful, it's so wonderful that you're repeating it, you're reinforcing it. So Rebbe would repeat that section. Rebbe Lozer ben Parta, Mosif Badvarim. Rebbe Lozer Parta added on to this. My Mosif, what did he add on? Amra by Mosif Lichpol Me'odcha Limata. Well, so listen to how amazing this is. So here you have Rebbe would only repeat from Baruch Habab B'Shem Hashem till the end of Halal. And what happened? Rebbe Lozab and Parata added on. He would begin to repeat from where? Odcha Hashem. Right? Odcha Hashem. And I will say, obviously, we incorporate both of these practices in our recitation of Halal. So we repeat from Odcha, Odcha, all the way till the end of the Halal. So the Gemara says, Amra Baye, so it's fine. Darsha Ravira, Ravira said the following. Zimnin Amrle Mishmedirav, Zimnin Amrle Mishmedirav, actually, if you look at the Masura Sashas, he changes it to Rav Asi. So, so sometimes he repeated it in the name of Rav Asi, and sometimes he said the name of Rav Ashi. Ma'idich Siv, Rav said, listen to how beautiful this is. Again, Ma'idich Siv, Vayigdal Hayeled Vayigamal. So Rav said, the Pasuk over speaks about after the birth, it's actually this week's parasha, right? After the birth of Yitzchak Aminu, so what happens? He was nursed until three years, and it was the custom that on the day that they weaned the child, they made a big seuda. So it says, the Torah says, Vayigda hayalad vayigamal. The child, was, the child was weaned, and they made a big seuda. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, there's a deeper esoteric meaning to this particular pasuk. What's the deeper esoteric meaning? So the Gemara says, um, in the future, meaning in the Messianic era, God will make a suda for the righteous. So what happens? One day the child will grow up. When, is, when are they going to experience our ultimate growth? In the Messianic era. In the time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes ahead, 
and literally bestows chesed on the kindness on the offspring of Yitzchak. But Yom Sheyigamel, since so you see the drasha, Vayigamel, on the day that ultimately Yaakovish Baruch Hu will be Gomel Chasadim, will go ahead and bestow chesed on the offspring of Yitzchak, meaning in the Messianic, in the messianic redemption, there's going to be a great Seuda. And I will say again, this is going to be a Seuda to see because who's going to be sitting at the table? Everybody. Right? When I say everybody, I mean the Avos and Moshe Rabbeinu and Davin HaMelech. So, also, so what's going to happen? So the Suda is going to end. La'achar she'ochlin v'shos. So we'll say, what's, who's, what's the Shiloh? The big shot of the Suda is, who should lead benching? Who should lead benching, right? We're right, we are, we are mechabed, we are mechabed. Who, right? Who, 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 right? Know, you think the coin should have. Who are we going to give benching to? So listen to this. I'll say, this is going to blow your mind. Another underlying Gemara. Avram Avinu Kos. So they, who should they give? Avram Avinu. Right? So I'll say, Avram Avinu is the father of our nation. He should lead benching. And he says to them, you know what? No. I'm not going to bench. Because the truth is, as much as I did good by, by, by raising Yitzchak, I have another son, Yishmal, and that son has committed terrible evil in this world. So it's not right for me to lead, this, to lead the benching in the Messianic Suda. Yitzchak, Tolu Barich. Yitzchak, so they said Yitzchak. Yitzchak, you bench. I'm not going to bench. Because again, I also I have a Yaakov, but I also have an Esav, and that Esav also wrought terrible destruction in the world. Yaakov says, you should bench. Um, listen to this. Amr lahem eni mevarich shenasasi shte achayos bechayehen shasida Torah laosran alai. So Yaakov even said, you know, I shouldn't bench. You know why? I married two sisters, and even though when I married two sisters there was no prohibition, I did something that later on the Torah would prohibit. And when he says it means two living sisters. Two, I was married to two sisters at the same time. So Yaakov, so Yaakov even said, I did something that the Torah would later on prohibit. Therefore, it's not appropriate that I leave benching. Amr lo lemoshe. Tolu Barich. So he said to Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, you bench. Omer lahem, eni mevarich, shelo zachisi likhanes li eretz Yisrael, lo bechayai, velo bemosai. So he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you lead bench. Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, I'm not fit to lead benching. You know why? I never had the merit to enter into Eretz Yisrael, not during my lifetime, and not in my death. Amazing. Omer lo lo Yoshua. So, Yibron uh, Lashon is probably running out of patience at this point in time. Right? So what happens? They say to Yoshua, Yoshua, you lead benching. You lead the Jewish people in. So what happens? Omer lahan eni mevarich, shelo zachisi leben. I was not privileged to leave behind the son, meaning that there was no one who perpetuated, ultimately, my legacy. Dichsev, Yoshua bin Nun, Nun bino, Yoshua bino. Yoshua said, I didn't leave behind the son. So as such, my name pretty much disappeared. So it's not right for me to go ahead and bench. Omer lo David. They come to David HaMelech. Tol ubarech. David said, David HaMelech, will you bench? Take the coast and bench. Omer lahem. Listen to what David HaMelech says. Ani evarech. I'll lead benching. Veli noel evarech. And the truth is, for me, it's appropriate to bench. Shene emar, because the Pasuk says, Kos Yeshuos esa uveshem Hashem ekra. David Amal says until him, I will lift up the cup of salvation and ultimately I will call the name of Akalish Baruch. And I both say, David Amal absolutely has every right and really is entitled to lead benching at the Messianic Suda. Why? Because who is the Melech HaMashiach? None other than his Enochal, right? The, the Melech HaMashiach is David Amal's grandson. However many greats are in front of that grandson. So David Amal says, you know what? 
I am responsible for this line. And because I'm responsible for this line, it is appropriate for me to lead the benching in the Suda. Amazing. Halavai, we should be Zulcha to see this from here, Rabbi Yameinu. Says the Mishnah. All right, we're back to uh, <laughs> we're back to the regular grind over here. So okay, we'll, have, we'll still have a little bit more agaratam, very little agaratam, but um, we've certainly had our fill. So there, so literally translated means we do after the Pesach we don't do afikoman. So both say afikoman is seems does not seem to be a Hebrew word. So the Gemara says exactly. So the Gemara says my afikoman. So the Gemara says what is afikoman? Right? What what is what does this mean? What does this mean? Ma'afi koman. So the Gemara says, Amar Rav Sheila, Ya'akru mechabur lechabur. You know what afi koman means? Afi koman means, excuse me, Shalo ya'akru mechabur lechabura. You may not move from one group to another group. Now, Rosa, if you look, if you look at the, if you look at the Rashman for just a moment, Amar Rav Sheila, Shalo ya'akru, excuse me, not Rav Sheila, Amar Rav, Shalo ya'akru mechabur lechabura. Rav says, Afikoman means that you should not move from one group to another group. What does this mean? Rashbam, after they ate the Kram Pesach in one group, you should not move to another group. Not to eat bread or not to eat anything else. So also remember, you are not permitted to eat the Kram Pesach in more than one location. You have to choose a place and that's where you have to eat Kram Pesach. There's a concern that if we allow you to eat other things. Now, technically speaking, if you want to go and eat something else with another Chabura, that you can do. But there was a concern that if we allow you to eat other non-Karam Pesach food items with another Chabura, what will happen? You'll come to eat your Karam Pesach in that other place as well. So we'll say, if you skip down a little bit in the Rashbam, the Rashbam points out over here, he says... Look at the last line of that Rashbam. Ularav hachimash male afikoman afiku manaihu hotsiu kelecha mikan venele venechal venechal So we'll say according to the Rav, what afikoman means. Afikoman is is a contraction of apik apiku manaihu. Literally, lift up your utensils, which is what somebody would say if they wanted to go from one group to another. You would pa- take your plate with you. So, so therefore, according to Rav, what the Mishnah is saying is. Even after you finished eating the Karim Pesach, you may not go and eat something else by another Chabura. You can't You can't take your utensils and go to another Chabura. Why? Because we're concerned that if you relocate to another Chabura, even just even though you, you finished eating your Pesach already, you're just going to have some dessert somewhere else. That what? You may come to actually eat the Karim Pesach in more than one location. And and that, of course, would be prohibited. That's Rav. So the Gemara goes weiter. Ushmul and Rishmul says, no, no, that's not what it means. It means kagon or diloyli vigozlaya la'aba. What it actually means is, for example, mushrooms or truffles for me and young pigeons for my father. We will say, what does this mean? So what, what, what Shmuel is saying is, what the Mishnah is, is prohibiting is <coughs> dessert. That after you eat the Karban Pesach, there is no dessert. So what would be an example of dessert? So apparently people used to eat mushrooms or truffles for dessert, or some people used to eat pigeons for dessert. A meat dessert. It's not a bad trend to start. Right? So Shmuel says, like, for me, it would be mushrooms or truffles. For my father, it would be young pigeons. So I will say, look at the Rashbam here for just a moment. So the Rashbam writes, he says, first of all, actually, you can look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi says, 
I eat mushrooms or truffles after my suda. Young pigeons for my father. So Afikoman is same contraction. Apik kaman. Bring before us. What would they say bring before us? That, that's the lotion that people would use for dessert. Afikoman is the lotion of dessert. Br- bring out before us the additional course of dessert. So when the Mishnah says, Shmuel means that the Mishnah is teaching me what? There is no dessert after Karban Pesach. Karban Pesach has to be the last thing you eat for the evening. Another say, what's another example of afikoman? I will say again, remember, interesting enough, everybody's agreeing afikoman is not a word to itself. Afikoman is a contraction. The question is, what's the contraction? According to Rav, it's apik manaychu, take your utensils. And therefore, the Mishnah is saying is, you may not switch groups. You may not move from group to group on the night of Pesach, even though what? Even after you have already finished your Karban Pesach. According to Shmuel, apik, apik kamaychu. Or apik minaihu, go ahead and bring out this, bring out the next course, which is a reference to dessert. And therefore, the Mishnah is saying you can't eat dessert on the night of the Seder. And so, Rav Chanin, Rav Bashil, and Rav Yochanan give another example. Another example of dessert: not everybody eats truffles and young pigeons. That sounds like a very, you know, a very chush of a dessert. But it could also mean, for example, dates, parched grain, nuts, simpler desserts. Tanya Kavasi Rav Yochanan. There's a price that supports Rav Yochanan. You cannot, you, you, there's no maftir in Achara Pesach. What does that mean? Kigon, Timarim Uklaios Vegos. And so we'll say we see over here that clearly the lotion of maftir in Afikoman is lotion of dessert. And therefore the Bryce is telling you there's no dessert after the current Pesach. Amrav Yehudom Shmuel, Ein maftir in Achar Matzah Afikoman. And we'll say comes along, Rabbi Yehudom says the name is Shmuel. The Natchez Karim Pesach, there is no dessert after matzah. There's no afikoman after matzah. I will say, it's interesting, you know, we call that final piece of matzah afikoman because that's our dessert. But it's saying over here is, you don't eat any other food after you eat the matzah. Tanan, ein maftir in achara Pesach afikoman. Yet we learned in the Mishnah, what does the Mishnah say? There's no afikoman, there's no dessert after Pesach. Achar Pesach hudalo. So it sounds like what? It's only after Karim Pesach that there's no dessert. But it sounds like what? That after you eat your matzah, you can go ahead. Meaning, let's say now, we don't have the Pesach yet, so we have matzah. It sounds like maybe we could have dessert after that. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Lomi boy kamar. Lomi boy rabosa is a stylistic is a stylistic statement that sometimes the Bryce or the Mishnah will say something that's understood, but we'll say it anyway. What does that mean? Lomi boy achar matzah, velo nafish tamayhu. It is clear, Abosai, that you can't eat anything after the matzah of the Seder. Why? This is about the, the last matzah, we call afikoman. Why not? Because matzah doesn't have a strong taste. And since we want the tamatzah, we want the taste of the matzah to be with you the entire night, so therefore, of course, when it comes to tamatzah, matzah, which has a weaker taste, which means if you eat something afterwards, it'll very quickly clean out the taste of the matzah, of course you can't eat anything afterwards because you want the taste to remain. Pesach, but I might have thought that after the Karan Pesach, then which has a very strong taste. The meat has a very strong taste. And even if you were to eat some dessert after the carbon Pesach, then what? 
the taste of the carbon would still remain. I might have thought that what? That you can eat dessert. Kamash malon, no. Kamash malon on both sides. That not only can, that it's both. You can't eat dessert after matzah, which has a weak taste. And you can't eat dessert after the carbon Pesach itself, which has a stronger taste. The idea is that the carbon Pesach must be the last taste, the last thing you taste that evening. And now the matzah, which we have represented in carbon Pesach, must also be the last thing that you taste that night, and therefore the Mishnah says, Ein maftirin pesach afikoman. And afikoman, according to this approach of Shmuel, means what? Afikoman is another word for dessert. Apikaman, bring out before us this last course, that the, and no last course, no dessert on the night of the Seder. I suppose they will stop over here.